0: The OwlCast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. This is the student edition. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Outcast. In today's student edition, we host Adrianos Boccios, an Academy student of ACS Athens who interviewed Jan Kleissen, chair of the Committee on Artificial Intelligence of the Council of Europe. In 2006, Jan Kleissen moved to the Directorate General of Human Rights and was Director of Standard Setting until 2011, when he was appointed to his current function as Director of Information Society, Action Against Crime, Directorate General of Human Rights and Rule of Law. His directorate carries out standard setting, monitoring and cooperation activities on a wide variety of issues including freedom of expression, data protection, artificial intelligence, internet governance, cybercrime, terrorism, criminal law, fighting corruption and money laundering. Jan Kleissen has been Chair of the Council of Europe's Disciplinary Board since 2015 and acts as the Council of Europe Internet Governance Coordinator since 2018. Analytica, a marketing software platform in 2019, included Jan among the top 100 influencers on the regulation of new technologies. Let's listen to what Adrianos Boccios and Jan Kleissen talk about. The need for AI regulation in the EU. The impact of utilizing AI in the judicial system. When AI gets it wrong, lives can be lost. The Dutch welfare case. The importance of competent human oversight. Why the new Committee on Artificial Intelligence of the Council of Europe is so important. The opportunities and dangers of life in the metaverse and the role of education as a key to the responsible use of AI.
2: you're basically in charge of many different topics within your role, being as the Director of Information Society Against Crime. And uh, now very recently, you've also started working with artificial intelligence. And I think it's it's very important as we both share common goals and we want to make the world a better place through the use of technologies. Now, I know that the Council of Europe is doing that by creating new committees that would, that will limit the unethical use of powerful technologies like artificial intelligence, but likewise, ACS Athens is a pioneer in the field of education by creating a K-12 curriculum on artificial intelligence and the first artificial intelligence lab, which is incorporated in a school's curriculum. Now, you've also done a lot of work with uh, artificial intelligence, and I would like to introduce to the audience who you are, who Mr. Kleisen is. So for those who don't know, uh, Mr. Kleisen is the Director of Information Society Against Crime in the Council of Europe and he has also been the chair of the Council of Europe's Disciplinary Board since 2015. Now, Quite recently, in April 4th through 6th, if I'm right, Mr. Kleissen, 2022, you led the inaugural meeting of the Committee on Artificial Intelligence.
3: It was in Rome, yes, because we are currently on Italian chairmanship, exactly.
2: Okay, perfect. So uh, with this in mind, I would like to first ask, what is the role of the Council of Europe in lawmaking artificial intelligence?
3: Okay, thank you very much for that question. We try to
2: to deal with the issues that
3: affect society uh, always with the objective in mind, how can we best protect human rights? How we can ensure that governments respect human rights, that they respect democracy, and that they respect the rule of law? And uh, we do so, as I said, through lawmaking. And the Council of Europe has a history of dealing with technology. 40 years ago, the Council of Europe established the world's first treaty on data protection. That was at a time when there was virtually no country in the world that had any legislation on data protection. And the Council of Europe's treaty on this, Convention 108, was absolutely groundbreaking and pioneering. Uh, It has inspired legislation, not only in Europe, but throughout the world. It has inspired the GDPR, the European Union's uh, Data Protection uh, Directive, very much, uh, and it has set, set new global standards. Uh, the same is true for cybercrime 20 years ago. 20 years ago, the Council of Europe established the Budapest con- Convention, which to this day remains the only international treaty against cybercrime and which contains a mechanism for cooperation between countries to fight cybercrime. Its impact goes way beyond Europe. The Council of Europe has 46 European member states, but the cybercrime convention has 66 state parties and many more are lining up to join. There are parties to this treaty on every continent uh, in the world and important countries like the United States, Australia, New Zealand, uh, countries like Senegal, Senegal, uh, Uruguay, have all ratified ratified the cybercrime convention. So it is against this background that you should look at our work on artificial intelligence. This deep interest in technology when used by governments because it can affect human rights, rule of law and democracy. On the internet, on internet governance, we have a whole series of of detailed recommendations based on our various treaties. Um, It is with this in mind that we started looking at artificial intelligence, uh, not just this year, but already actually some three, four years ago. Uh, when we realized that because of the advances in computing power and the uh, growth of big data, artificial intelligence was suddenly becoming a tool uh, that was being used not only by the private sector, but increasingly also by governments. And uh, we thought it important to, to look at this carefully. Therefore, the governments of the Council of Europe set up uh, some three years ago, a committee to look at two things. Is there need for more law to regulate the use of artificial intelligence or certain uses of artificial intelligence, at least? And secondly, if that is the case, could you please identify, this was asked by the committee of ministers to the experts, could the experts please identify what could go in, in such a treaty if it were needed? In At the end of 2020, and the meetings took place during the pandemic, which of course made it very difficult, but nonetheless, within a year, the first question had been answered uh, unanimously, namely that there was a need for more uh, legal standards, because although existing law covers certain aspects of artificial intelligence, other aspects were not covered, there were gaps, uh, and the experts unanimously recommended to start working on elements for a treaty, for a convention. That was completed at the end of 2021. There was a study delivered by a committee that was at the time called Ad Hoc Committee on Artificial Intelligence with elements that could possibly be included in such a treaty. On that basis, the Committee of Ministers set up a new committee, a follow-up committee, no longer ad hoc, but a fully-fledged committee called Committee on Artificial Intelligence, which has been given the task to negotiate between now, basically, it just met, as you rightly said, uh, about uh, five weeks ago, uh, and the end of 2023, a, treaty, a legal instrument, as we call it, on artificial intelligence, with the aim of ensuring that when governments use artificial intelligence to carry out certain tasks that until now were carried out by human state actors, uh, that a series of, of uh, precautions should be taken and a certain number of boxes should be ticked. Uh, that is where we stand at the moment.
2: Oh, thank you for that. And I can see that all of the work basically kind of like collaborates back together because artificial intelligence is everything. Like first you have the data because as you said, the computational power and the data is what led to artificial intelligence having such a flourishment and being the leading technology of the fourth industrial revolution. Something that I read because now now AI is over time become even, even more powerful and it can accomplish even more tasks. Uh, in October, 2020, the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe adopted a set of resolutions and recommendations examining the opportunities and risks for AI and democracy. Like you said, human rights, uh, like for AI and democracy, human rights and the rule of law. Amongst many different topics, the one that stood out was justice by algorithm, how artificial intelligence could be implemented into policy making and criminal justice. Can you elaborate on that? What is the goal of this policy and how exactly does the Council of Europe plan to utilize artificial intelligence within the judiciary branch of government?
3: The use of artificial intelligence has been tested by a number of of governments already in various fields, also in the criminal law field, for instance, in the UK and in the United States what is uh, interesting is that the use of of artificial intelligence a number of pilot projects have demonstrated great potential in some fields but also uh, risks in other fields um and let me let me take a few concrete examples uh, on this in the united states artificial intelligence has been uh, tested in the on the with the probation services and uh, also with the parole boards uh, and it came to uh, the tests have resulted in a clear demonstration of bias uh, in the case of parole for instance that almost invariably uh, when there were several suspects uh, the artificial intelligence system recommended the conclusions that came out of the system where that the afro-american suspects should be detained because uh, she or he was likely to be the the perpetrator of, of the alleged crime. And in many cases, it turned out later that this was not at all the case. But the uh, data that were fed into the system are, were based on the uh, prison population of the United States, where, because of a lot of other uh, issues with the with the justice system, there is a, a, a disproportionate amount of African Americans. So this was this was clearly something that gave rise to uh, concern and demonstrated that bias in the legal system uh, is something that one has to be very careful, uh, very cautious uh, with when when deploying it in the field in the field of of, of justice. Um, the uh, in the use in the in the criminal law field uh, it has also been tested as regards minor offenses and there again uh, the data bias uh, turned out to be quite quite uh, uh, considerable uh, it is for this reason that a body of the council of europe called the committee commission for the efficiency of justice which is made up of 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 prosecutors judges eminent lawyers Came up with a, with a, with guidelines for the ethical use of ethical use of AI in the judiciary. Uh, this is a text that is that is public. Um, guidelines for the ethical use of artificial intelligence in the judiciary, and it sets a number of uh, conditions and uh, gives a, a series of recommendations to governments that would like to use artificial intelligence in their judiciary uh to be able to do so safely when someone when our in our countries people are appointed as judges of course they have to have uh, have to meet a whole series of qualifications both academic professional training qualifications uh you're not appointed to a as a judge in your national system overnight uh, without any preparation and the same of course should go for artificial intelligence systems when the state uses such systems it should also make sure that they are properly tested that the bias is reduced as much as possible that there are safeguards with regard to data etc to make sure that the use uh, uh, that the system is as uh, reliable as it as it can be an example and i'll take this opportunity to give you a very concrete example of what can go dramatically wrong happened in yes. the case of in my own country the netherlands Uh, over the past couple of years, three, four years, where the tax authorities used an artificial intelligence system to detect fraud uh, with regard to the use of family allowances. So family allowances paid to to families who needed government support. And the system identified some 40,000 alleged fraudulent users who were then cut off from their benefit, from their social benefits, their family allocations, and ordered to pay the money that they had already received back within a record time. It turned out that the machine got it terribly wrong. Uh, the 40,000 people or so that were identified uh, did not defraud the system. The system wrongly identified them as being fraudulent. It did so because almost all these people, it turned out, were of a non-Dutch origin, Uh, had a migrant background. Their knowledge of the Dutch language was not perfect. So when filling out the forms to obtain government benefits, they made some mistakes or spelling mistakes. All of this, the machine interpreted as criminal intent. Um, It identified entire neighborhoods, street addresses, family names as indications of criminal intent. And this uh, became a major scandal. It led to a number of suicides. Uh, people who had very limited resources, say 1,500 euros per month, suddenly had to pay back thousands of euros within months, uh, which led to dramatic situations. Over a thousand children were taken away from their parents because of this uh, error in the in, in the system, and the failure of human oversight. Um, one thing that has become clear with regard to artificial intelligence is that competent human oversight is absolutely vital. Um, It is not enough to say that the computer said it was okay. Someone should check whether it was okay. In the case in the Netherlands, it certainly was not okay. Uh, But there was no oversight. And even the courts that were seized with some complaints tended to dismiss these complaints and referring to the objective use of, of, of an impartial system that could not possibly make mistakes. Well, it could make mistakes. It cost human lives. As a result, in the Netherlands, the government felt as a parliamentary inquiry and the Venice Commission of the Council of Europe, this is again a public document, uh, did a report on the Dutch parliamentary report, which was called Unprecedented Injustice, and I think that gives a very good indication of what went wrong, Unprecedented Injustice. And the Venice Commission has a report which was published in December 2021 and which you can very easily find on the website of the Council of Europe under Venice Commission Netherlands. It gives you a very uh, sobering assessment of what can go wrong in even well-established democracies with, which have normally pretty good, you know, well-functioning systems. Uh, but if artificial intelligence systems are used, uh, which have not been properly tested, where the data uh, are not checked, where there is huge bias, and where there is no oversight.
0: You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. This is the student edition.
2: There's always a set of bias, whether that it's from the coder that codes it or the information that it processes and there's, there should always be some sort of supervision. And what we have said in uh, ACS and in many other places is it's not always the AI working alone, but the AI working with a human. So that was uh, in PayPal, for example, uh, when they had a problem with illegal transactions happening, there couldn't be thousands of employees checking every single transaction in PayPal. Instead, there would be a system, train an algorithm on identifying the illegal transactions that it thought were illegal, and then it would pass them on to one human, which would check, yes, that's an illegal transaction, that's not, depending on, I don't know exactly how they did it. But I think that you're right, that there should always be supervision. And I believe that humans should be working with artificial intelligence. None of them should be working alone.
3: No, absolutely. I think this is, this is absolutely vital and that there is oversight always that the machine should never have the last word. And if people had actually, in normal times, if the recommendations had come from humans, other humans would have said, other people would have said, but you, you know, you must get it. This must be wrong. You cannot possibly, that every single person that is uh, listed as, as, as uh, having defrauded the system happens to be of non-Dutch origin. And they all come from certain neighborhoods and not from others. This was so obvious. Uh, but because the thinking was the computer said it was okay, the result wasn't challenged. And it's a sober reminder how important it is to remain critical. Also, if the results are presented through artificial intelligence.
2: Uh, We tend to always rely on technology. Like, for example, uh, through Google Maps, you don't tend to rely on what you think, oh, this house should be there, I should turn right. You always follow the Google Maps or whenever you search something online, and you're not sure, you always think that the right answer is on Google, where, when sometimes it actually isn't. There is possibilities where someone has written a website, and it's a wrong answer to your, the question that you're searching. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I kind of want to ask you this question. Uh, what exactly inspired you to start your work with artificial intelligence and lead this new committee on artificial intelligence?
3: It was the work that I had been doing. I was already, as I mentioned earlier, responsible for data protection and uh, cybercrime, the- these issues within the Council of Europe, so i was I was uh, dealing also with experts and attended conferences where uh, these matters were discussed. Internet governance was within my purview, and uh, of course there also came uh, I had the the privilege of coming across uh, a lot of people who were working who are working in these areas and who drew my attention at a very early stage to the um, great risk possibilities, because let's also uh, not, just, not just speak about risk, because of course, artificial intelligence uh, creates uh, great opportunities. It holds great promise if properly used, like, and it goes for all technology, technology, of course, if properly used, it can bring benefits, great benefits even. Uh, and it was so this,
2: this previous work in related areas that got me involved in, in artificial intelligence at an early stage. So furthermore, as we mentioned, you led the inaugural meeting of the Committee on Artificial Intelligence this April. Well, this is a fairly new committee. Can you, can you explain what the goal of this committee is and what was gathered from the first meeting in early April?
3: Yes, the, the, let me tell you first how the committee is set up. It is set up uh, of government experts from 46 Council of Europe member states. Wow. So uh, you add five more states, and then you come to 51. The the observer states of the Council of Europe are Canada, Mexico, Japan, United States, and the Holy See. And the government of Israel made a specific request, uh, although it's not a member of the Council of Europe, Uh, But it is so interesting in these matters that it it addressed a formal request to the Council of Europe, whether it could be admitted to join these negotiations. And that was granted. So we have Israel as well at the table. In addition, we have the representatives of some 28 internet uh, internet companies, including all the big American ones, uh, with the exception of the moment of Twitter, but all the others are there and perhaps with Twitter's new owner, we hope Twitter will also mm-hmm. soon join us. Yes. Uh, and uh, we also have civil society, human rights organizations, algorithm watch, human rights watch uh, at the table. So it's what is called a multi-stakeholder approach. It's governments plus industry plus civil society. And the aim is to uh, draw up a treaty, prepare a treaty on a, the use of artificial intelligence to ensure by governments to ensure that it respects human rights, rule of law, and um, democracy, and that errors such as were made in the Netherlands, but which, as the Venice Commission pointed out, uh, could happen in other countries very easily as well, um, that these uh, risks are mitigated as much as possible. There is no zero risk, of course. There will always be risks, but at least they should be reduced as much as possible, and we should create mechanisms to ensure that if things go wrong, they can be remedied.
2: And there's so everyone is there, basically, every leading company or almost all, all governments are part of this committee. That's, I think, that's yeah, 251 a,
3: 51 governments. And we have, I said Microsoft, Google, but we also have IEEE, knows the, 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 the ones that set stand, technical standards in the US. We have IBM, uh, the Lego Group oh. recently to join. We have a number of telecoms like Telefonica, we have Orange, Deutsche Telekom, very many companies, nearly 30 companies that are interested in working with the Council of Europe to ensure that the artificial intelligence that will be developed and used will be uh, based, uh, that from the design stage, human rights considerations are already considered. In the end, the governments will use the best possible product, products, the safest possible products, and as I said, create also remedies that if things should go wrong, that there is a possible possibility for the citizen to uh, address that and to have a possibility to uh, appeal, to react against these decisions if they get it wrong, if these machines, if these systems get it wrong.
2: Most importantly, because all of these industrial revolutions, people didn't have time to adapt. And, but the only difference with this industrial revolution is that our world is changing even more rapidly than ever. And people don't have time at all to adapt, because now every single job is going to be almost reformed in the next 10 years. There was a study, I think it was 80% of the jobs in the next 10 years by McKinsey company. So exactly how will, this, uh, how will the Council of Europe, and more specifically the Committee on Artificial Intelligence, plan on this transition to be smoother than all the other industrial revolutions where people were on and couldn't adapt to the new changes?
3: What the Council of Europe intends to do is create the conditions Uh, which will enable this transition, these transitions. There's not just be one transition, because we've been speaking about artificial intelligence. But of course, there are already other important developments, uh, such as the metaverse and and the huge investments that a number of companies are making. A virtual reality in which there will be, again, great opportunities, but you can be assured that organized crime uh, will also try to make the best use of, of, of these virtual realities because a lot of money will go around, there will be contracts concluded. Uh, You can think of of things like bullying and, and harassment within virtual spheres. There's all sorts of, unfortunately, a lot of wonderful things that happen in real life will also happen in the virtual world, but a lot of nasty things as well. And therefore it is very important that we deal with these various digital developments as best as best as we can. And in order to ensure that all these developments, all these transitions are as safe as possible, we uh, we, try, we aim to set up, these, as I say, these treaties, which will oblige countries to put national legislation in place to uh, adopt national laws, uh, which a citizen can use before a national court and which national judges can use to hold governments to account, to hold companies to account,
2: and to ensure that the technology will be a technology for the good. And everything that happens now exactly with also augmented reality and virtual reality, as you mentioned, everything is changing. And so almost everything that you do in the normal world can also be done in the digital world. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Most importantly, education is the key to having a balanced world where everyone can adapt to the new changes that are brought forward by industrial revolutions. Now we in ACS Athens are doing exactly that and preparing students to be able to adapt to our world by not just learning about artificial intelligence, but from a young age, creating it. It is important that we collaborate with the Council of Europe so that we can inspire other schools to follow our example. Technologically with the artificial intelligence curriculum and lab and ethically through the foundations that the Council of Europe and this new committee will have set. And this way artificial intelligence can flourish and be part of the boundaries of dem- that democracy has set. In addition, students can, and future citizens will be empowered with the aspiration to acquire knowledge about artificial intelligence and ethics. What are your views on this and what do you propose as a whole? I would first of all like to
3: compliment your school on... on um being so forward-looking and including issues of artificial intelligence in the curriculum and, and spending so much time in, in, uh, on it and giving it due attention, it's extremely important. The the use of the digital sphere, all these exciting new technologies, uh, will only be able to do us good instead of harm if people are responsible, know how to use them, uh, aware of what is happening, so awareness Literacy, as it is called technically, the, the technical literacy, the AI literacy, the digital literacy, uh, which by which I mean the understanding that people have of what they're actually dealing with, is crucial. It's very important for young people, of course. New uh, school is a good example. It's also very important for the older generations, which are increasingly uh, facing uh, digital issues when dealing with the government, for instance, for the pensions, for the healthcare for their housing uh, for their retirement homes uh, when trying to exercise uh, civil duties such as uh, and, and rights such as being able to vote in elections a lot of that is now of this is nowadays in uh, of course done online and it's extremely important that people understand what is going on it's also important that those who will be shaping uh, the future and that is your generation uh, uh, adrianas uh, will be aware not yeah. only of possibilities, but also of the possible risks and be at a very early stage aware that when developing these technologies and when using them in our daily lives, we should, of course, seize the opportunities, but be always critical and always keep an eye out also for the possible negative effects or the abuse that some ill-attentioned people will try to make use of these technologies.
2: Thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Pleasant. I really respect what you and the Council of Europe are doing for the world, trying to make it a better place. And I think it would be great to organize a trip at some point with the ACS Athens team to the Council of Europe. It it would be awesome because the Council of Europe is really a place that makes some of the most important decisions in Europe. And now with this uh, Committee on Artificial Intelligence, almost the world. So thank you for coming here. It has been an honor meeting you. Thank you very much, Adriana. Be uh,
3: very best of luck with your work. Thank you very much, and Thank wish you very much every success in their endeavors and uh, for the good use for the good use of artificial intelligence in future.
2: Thank you.
0: You are listening to the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.